Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining me today in this podcast. Let's get started. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to give you pointers on ways to proactively manage your life. I'll also be interviewing entrepreneur and author Jason Criddle, who shares his personal story of managing his life and advice he gives to people to help them fulfill their dreams. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you can take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. All know me as a psychotherapist, but many of you do not know me as a composer. My latest album, Restoration, was just released. Restoration is a continuation of the first album, Consolation. I like to think of these albums like books. Each original composition is written like a chapter in a book. And like in any story, the character goes from a sense of grief and loss, and at the end of Consolation finds hope for his future. In Restoration, he has an awakening. And in that awakening, he recognizes all the things in his life which are not healthy, and it helps him come to a place of restoration, becoming greater than he was before. You may purchase this album on iTunes or any other digital music store. The name of the album is Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you're currently hearing is entitled Awakening. Several years ago, on an extremely hot day, a group of men were working on the railroad when they were interrupted by a slow-moving train. The train ground to a stop, and a window in the last car, which incidentally was custom-made with air conditioning, was raised. A booming, friendly voice called out, Dave, is that you? Dave Anderson, the crew chief, called back, Sure is, Jim, and it's really good to see you. With that pleasant exchange, Dave Anderson was invited to join Jim Murphy, the president of the railroad, for a visit. For over an hour, the men exchanged pleasantries and then shook hands warmly as the train pulled out. Dave Anderson's crew immediately surrounded him, and the men expressed astonishment that he knew Jim Murphy, the president of the railroad, as a personal friend. Dave then explained that 20 years earlier, he and Jim Murphy had started to work for the railroad on the same day. One of the men half-jokingly and half-seriously asked Dave why he was still working out in the hot sun, and Jim Murphy had gotten to be president. Rather wistfully, Dave explained, When we started, we both had plans to run the company. Jim followed through with his dreams to be president. I didn't. Proactively managing your life. When we're kids, we're always told we need to finish what we started. That can be from cleaning our room, doing our homework, or maybe even taking out the trash. Often we get distracted with other things and it's easy for us to do the things that we enjoy versus the things that are healthy for us or just our daily activities. It's really important that we create structure for ourselves. Structure is one of the most important things. As parents, we teach our children to have structure. Structure can be maintaining a certain sleep schedule, eating at the same time, making sure that they have consistency in their life. And that works really well for children because they're able to understand what's going to happen next and they don't have to worry about it. But for some reason, as adults, we forget about that and we don't create that structure or follow through with the things that we've initially said we need to do. That can be from anything. 
For example, that can still be cleaning our room (laughs) or that can be doing our chores or just even doing things at work or maybe other exercise activities or diets that we have planned. And when those things happen, we find that our life and the goals that we have just simply aren't met. I think it's so important for each of us to understand what does structure look like for you? Some people may be very regimented and maybe have a lot of lists and that structure works well for them because they know specifically what it is they need to do next. Others version of structure may be a little bit less rigid and that may be just something they have a very loose schedule where they know they have to get a few things done today and if they have extra time, they'll do some of those other things and that's absolutely fine. So depending upon the type of person you are determines how you develop that structure. It's important to realize that the only way that you can follow through with something is to create structure in your life. When you look at the dreams and goals that you have in your life, what do you think it is that causes you not to be able to follow through with it? A lot of it has to do with time management. I've been told so many times throughout the years, James, I just don't have time to do everything. There's only 24 hours in the day. And you are absolutely right. There is only a certain amount of time during the day, but it comes to prioritizing your life. Of course, the fundamental things that we need are sleep, nourishment, and to be able to provide for all the needs that we have. But there are many other things that we don't necessarily have to have, but for some reason, we just do it. When I help people create structure for their life, one of the things I really want them to do is to plan that downtime. Your downtime should be limited to a certain amount of time. Because if you come home from work and you sit on the couch and you have all these ideas that you're going to go to the gym or you're going to do something else, and then pretty soon that downtime then becomes four hours. And your desire to do other things is stunted because now you've had unstructured downtime. The only way to follow through with all the things you want to get done in the day is to have an understanding of where your blind spots are. If sitting down watching TV is a blind spot for you, then you have to figure out a way to work around that so that it doesn't get in the way. There's no way you're going to be able to get everything you want done in the day when you have too much downtime. And by no means am I saying you shouldn't do some of these things, but it is important to reprioritize what is the healthiest thing for you. If you're trying to do a side business, when is that going to fit in your schedule? When you can really sit down and map out what your day really looks like and how much time you invest in certain things, You might be surprised that there's a lot more wasted time than what you realized. And when you can have that awareness, then that's when you can fill in those slots with following through with other hopes and dreams and goals that you have. But we're all guilty of it. We all will veg out too long in front of the TV. We'll all spend too much time on the internet or on social media. And that is wasted time. So the goal for today is to figure out what structure do you need? how to recoup a lot of that wasted time, because once you can do that, then you'll be able to follow through with all the dreams and all the desires that you have, and you have more than enough time to accomplish all those things that you want to do. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the Academy, entitled, When All Hell Breaks Loose. (laughs) We've all experienced when nothing seems to go right. This class specifically helps you process the event, regroup, and use what was thought as a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone. Enroll in it today. Jason Criddle is a millennial with a passion for helping entrepreneurs and business-minded individuals succeed. Jason is not your typical investor, business coach, or author. He has worked with over 150 startups, the largest of fortunes companies, and many tech schools across the U.S. He is going to share his story with us today. Welcome to my show, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me on, James. Yes, it's such a pleasure. Now, you've done many things in your life. Um, From what I've heard, you sound like you're a pretty young individual, and to be able to accomplish all those things in your life, that's quite a feat. I, um, well, I think people can do more. I, I think that, um, I think that we spend a lot of our time 
um, you know, go into the job and then coming home and watching TV and waiting for the day to start over. I think that we can all pack a whole lot more in our day than we actually do. So in other words, a lot of people have a lot of downtime, a lot of unstructured time in their life. Yeah, too much, too much downtime, as opposed to like a squirrel who spends all his day getting food and a lion who spends all his day getting food. But we have grocery stores, so we don't have to run up a mountain for three days to catch a rabbit. And uh, and I think that just that simple uh, uh, evolutionary trait that we've taken on has caused a whole lot of downtime in people's lives. Hmm. Now, some of the things when I was received your information, it, it sounds like maybe four or five years ago, you had a completely different life than what you have today. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was uh, I was the fat kid <laughs> most, of my, <laughs> most of my life, you know, and uh, and then after, you know, after Emma was born, Emma's my daughter, she's about to turn seven. Um, after she was born, it it really it really clicked on me. I started raising her on my own and I really just had to change things about myself Mm -hmm. and how were you able to make that change well you know i I say it all the time i say that my daughter gave birth to me but um whenever she started walking uh it just really dawned on me that nobody was teaching her how to walk just like nobody teaches any kids how to walk my daughter was mimicking me and watching me walk and so if she's doing that then she's going to mimic everything and at the time i i was uh, a pool guy. I weighed 400 pounds. I really wasn't happy with the way that I was living my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just decided that, you know, from that day forth, uh, I was actually in the bathroom brushing my teeth. And after I stopped brushing, my body was still jiggling back and forth. And so I, uh, I just knew that I had to do something different and follow through on everything that I had always said I was going to do. Yeah, and that's a huge epiphany when you when you had that realization of, of how you were how you looked at that time. Now, for you to to have this epiphany and then to make the change, how difficult was it to really invest in that or really commit to that? Extremely. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur now, I guess, but I mean, this whole journey kind of is what turned me into an entrepreneur. I I remember, you know, I had started working out with a personal trainer and I thought to myself, like, I can be a personal trainer. And there were so many times in the first part of my uh, workout journey where I really wanted to give up. But then there was one day where I saw uh, a picture from three or four months prior mm-hmm. up next to a picture that I had taken just a couple of days before. And I saw progress. And once I saw that picture, it created this feeling inside me that I really just wanted to share with other people. Mm. And I went from, you know, I went from working out and, you know, you've been in psychiatry for quite some time. Uh, When you're a personal trainer, it's like the same thing. Uh, You, you know, and I, and the entire time I, I helped like 500 clients lose between nine and 10,000 pounds. Wow. And, uh, but at the end of the day, I was helping them see results and I was hearing every single day about the things that they did not accomplish because they had children or because they had a job or because they got married. And I really, uh, decided through that entire transition in my life that I have to do things because of having a child 
I don't, I, I'm not going to talk about the things that I didn't do mm-hmm. because I was a single father. Sure. And so sometimes people may inadvertently use those things as justification for not making a change in their life. Yes. And I don't believe that, I don't believe that we have the right to make excuses. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, especially if we have children, there's, we have to do so much more than a typical person who might not have children. Sure. And create that role model for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you go from being a pool boy to then an entrepreneur? So, um, you know, I've, I've had like a million jobs in my life. <laughs> uh, I, I, hate, I, I didn't like school because they taught us too slow. Um, I had multiple jobs throughout high school in my early 20s, but being a pool guy was always that steady thing in the background that I became really good at. And it helped me to always have income while trying other things. Okay. And then once I became a trainer, um, being a trainer kind of taught me how to be a man. (laughs) I, I learned confidence. I learned that I have a voice that people will actually listen to. And I went from training to talking to my first group of people at a gym and telling them my story to um, people starting to hire me to come and speak to writing books to realizing that sales is really just talking Mm -hmm. and um, getting into sales and then helping companies. And then, I mean, it just, it just skyrocketed into what it is that I'm doing now. Yeah. That's amazing. How did you get involved in so many different startups? I think there was 150 startups that you've been a part of. Yeah, probably more than that. Um, it's just those are the ones I've personally been involved in. Um, uh, uh, you know, about four years ago or so, I really started getting into building websites and software. And I was contracted to do a job for a broker and um, for people that wanted investments or expansion capital for their companies. And I built them a website that had literally thousands of leads come through the website. Oh, wow. And, and I, and, you know, like in 2012, uh, there were about 4,000 leads that came to this website and these brokers were able to help 13 people out of the 4,000. And even though they were really excited about the millions of dollars in commissions that they were going to be making from these 13 people, I saw a gap mm-hmm. in the 3,987 people that were not being helped. Sure. And so I kind of made it a point to, instead of, uh, instead of having people come and ask for investment dollars and then get turned down, teach somebody all the knowledge that I had learned from seeing these business plans and what it is that investors and brokers are actually looking for, teach these companies to get to that point to where they could get investment dollars or to where they might not even need investment dollars at all. Ah, Okay. And that sounds like that was, that was very successful for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went a long time with, without taking any money, you know, with just taking equity in companies instead of, instead of asking for any kind of salary mm-hmm. to help them get their businesses off the ground. And after quite a while of doing that, it eventually started to pay off. Uh, so if you're believing in something great enough, knowing that it will come to pass and therefore then reaping the fruits of that later on. I think that's a beautiful thing about humanity. And you and I spoke before we started this interview. Um, I think people tend to think about the things that they don't want in their lives rather Mm -hmm. than thinking about things that they do want in their lives. And if the beautiful thing about this universe that we live in, the beautiful thing about what, whatever it is that created us 
is if you set a goal and you make focused decisions to work towards that goal, it will eventually come to pass. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much BS comes in between that time. That BS is a gift that is ultimately there to teach us a lesson so that we can get to that bigger goal. Exactly. You know, one of the things I really teach about is faith versus fear. You know, when we have so many things in our life, we can choose to focus on the what ifs of what if this doesn't happen, which is the fear component. But then you have the faith component of, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to make this happen. I believe it's going to happen. I intrinsically know that it's going to happen. And the choice we have every moment is to determine in which direction do we, do we look or which direction do we, which voice do we listen to, that fear component or that faith component. And unfortunately for many people, they don't realize that they have a choice. And in that choice, they determines their destiny. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's where, you know, the society that we live in plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. I, I believe, James, I believe that we are in one big giant video game simulation. And, uh, <laughs> like the Matrix. <laughs> and, exactly. And we are here to, we are here to like learn a lesson. Sure. You know, whatever that lesson can be. But then you have this, these roads and these stop signs and uh, these political arguments that come on TV and this education system that all makes people believe that this is real. And, and so they tend to concentrate on what's going on in the external world mm-hmm. rather than concentrating on that faith that yeah. comes from inside of us. Yeah. One thing, in fact, I was talking with, um, with a client today and I said, you know, I said, I, I, managing my own life as a full-time job, I don't have time to worry about, you know, what's happening in the world around me. And of course, I mean, I'm a part of my, my society in general, but as a whole, when I focus on myself and, and only focus on myself and my needs, how to better myself or how to maybe look at some of those blind spots I have, then that's when I started to grow and develop. But for me to get so caught up in maybe all the things that are happening in the world today, all that energy that I could use to change myself and to better myself is kind of wasted away. You know, the old saying, divided waters lose force. That's so true because, you know, if we're focused on so many different things, we're not going to be able to holistically or expeditiously finish the task that we have in front of us in that moment. I believe that the biggest hell that I have ever lived through was um, whenever I I spent almost two years uh, fighting the court system for my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I believe it happened just because I spent so much time and energy focusing on the entire ordeal rather than just focusing on my faith and Mm -hmm. and the outcome the outcome that I already knew was going to happen. And so I I believe you wholeheartedly. It's like any time that I focus or any time any of us focus on the the external, the outside world, it pulls us so far away from our typical human element that we're supposed to be living in. I, I absolutely believe that. Now switching gears here, with you writing over 20 books, Obviously, that, that's a, writing one book is a great feat, but writing 20 of them, what was it that, that really motivated you to say, I have so much to say, or I'm going to do this and accomplish this? Because it's, for many people, it's very difficult to do those types of things. You know, whenever I wrote my first book, I, I did the thing that most first authors do. I told everybody I was an author. I created a business <laughs> card that said that I was an author. Uh-huh. And then it took me like nine months to write my first book. And it took me three months to write my next nine. Oh, wow. And so it was kind of like I unleashed 
this force mm-hmm. inside of me. And in act like today, in actuality, I've written close to 90 books. Oh, wow. Uh, it's just that publishing and editing takes significantly longer than writing. Sure. And so somewhere along the way, I discovered that I'm a content creator. I, my brain just works in overtime. I have ideas for movies, ideas for books, ideas for video games, ideas for businesses, uh-huh. ideas for publications. And so it was kind of just making this decision that if I have an idea, you know, I had a heart surgery and I had my first near life experience during that, um, during that stay at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And whenever that ordeal happened, I just kept telling myself, follow through, follow through. If you have an idea, follow through on it, no matter what it is, no matter how long it takes, just follow through. You know, I think that whole concept of following through, we all know we're supposed to follow through with it, but the likelihood or just the, the success rate of that is pretty pretty minimal. I think a lot of us have a lot of big goals and dreams, and for whatever reason, we don't do it. And so I, I like hearing that you that consistency component of that following through. It does sound like it's the mantra that you have, which has helped you be so successful. Yeah, I, I think it's a shame whenever somebody says like, oh my God, I found something that I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm so excited. And then like three <laughs> months later, they had to go through some kind of crap, that some kind of hardship that made them change their mind and yeah. turn back. But uh, a thing that I like to tell people is if, I, if I'm growing a rose bush in my garden and, and the rose bush is dying or wilting, I go to the store and I buy a nice big bag of crap mm-hmm. and I throw that crap all over the rose bush. Mm-hmm. And then all that crap gets absorbed into the plants and the minerals and the enzymes. And then all of a sudden it comes out greater. So as human beings, why don't we realize that maybe crap is part of the follow through? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a step that we have to go through in order to reach that ultimate goal. Yeah. And so you really have to find solace in the crap that you have to go through. Well, I think it's a reframe of, is this a stumbling block or a stepping stone? Life is going to happen to us regardless of what we believe. It's just going to happen. And so what do you do with that when, when life happens, when circumstances happen, that feels like it's, it's a setback? Yeah, we have our initial response to it, but then after that initial response ends, then we have a choice to determine what we're going to do with it, how we're going to view it, how do we assimilate it into our life, and what do, what's the outcome that's going to come from that? I I just finished listening to this book on tape. I believe it's called Top Performers. And it's about a gentleman who follows uh, buskers, which are street performers. And they they talk about how doing a street performance is no different than doing sales. And they talk about how every salesperson needs insurance. And insurance is something that they can fall back on whenever a jam comes into play and a jam is something that happens that you're not expecting to happen. Mm -hmm. And so they, they really uh, delve really deep into the fact that a jam will always happen. And so it's what you do with that jam. It's, it's the insurance that you have in place that can help you out of that jam. And I think that many people we do our best to avoid the problem. We mm-hmm. try to avoid the issue. But as soon as an issue pops up, guess what? It's already happened. Yeah. And so how you deal with that issue is what people see. That's what makes you the person that you're trying to be. Uh, so stop trying to avoid the issue 
and start using that beautiful brain that we are all given and start thinking your way around uh, through the issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, I totally agree with you. There's, there's a part of us that often we may live a very reactive life, uh, but obviously the, the ideal version of that is live a proactive life. And so putting things in place, allowing yourself, your, your body, mind, and spirit to be, all work in concert together before anything arises already prepares you for when it does, you already know how you're going to react because you, you trust yourself. You have the integrity that you've, you've demonstrated for yourself that you know when something arises that you are going to have the, the strength and the fortitude to be able to overcome it. So I think it really goes back to living a well-balanced life. And so therefore, when you do have these these situations like these jams like you've called it that you're, you're you're able to find a solution for it but when we become too reactive with it all we see is what we cannot control as opposed to what we can control and what we do with it yes yeah, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about focusing on the external rather than focusing on the internal the internal is the goal the internal is the the part of us that knows that it's ultimately going to be okay. Like, and I think that that's the big issue. Like I've asked so many people like in the last couple of months, tell me exactly what issue you were dealing with on this exact date three years ago. And people never have an answer. Well, I can't think back that far. Yeah. Well then obviously it wasn't that big of a deal because you made your way through it. And, and if we realize that, that we're pretty much always going to have to deal with some kind of crisis at mm-hmm. some point in our lives or all points in our lives, then we're okay now. If, if we're able to have this conversation, if somebody's able to listen to this podcast, they're pretty okay. Yeah. You know, so they don't really need to worry about that much. And if they do remember what it is, and the, the, the thing to, uh, I guess, to just recall is if they overcame it before, they can overcome it again. So it may be a different situation, but the emotions are still the same. And you overcame it at one time. So you're more than likely to be able to do it again. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot that we can't overcome, man. Exactly. So now if my listeners would like to find out more information about you and about your books and all the amazing things that you're doing, where would they find that information? They can go to jasoncriddle.com. Uh, you know, and my, my new app just launched uh, for people to get a hold of me. It's called the Jason app. Oh, cool. So people can just... <laughs> Go to iOS or they can go to the Android store and they can type in Jason Criddle. They can type in the Jason app and they can contact me uh, about speaking, uh, coming to work with them or, you know, books or knowledge or whatever they need help with. Well, that's amazing. That's, that's really neat. That's cool. Of course, <laughs> you're coming up with something different. That's, that's great to hear. Well, Jason, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Well, thanks, James. I had fun, man. I appreciate it. I also want to thank you, the listener, for joining with us today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today. Also, please visit my website where you may enroll in Lifeology Academy, read my published articles, and watch all my YouTube episodes I created just for you. If you would like to become a show sponsor or become a guest, please visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.